Hi, I am Jennifer Purcell, and welcome to my podcast, Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, where we will discuss, discover, and learn more about the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD and other learning challenges. I do have a website for this podcast, and it is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account for the podcast. They are all under the same name, which is Living with NLD. I also have a YouTube channel for the podcast, which can be found by Googling the title of the podcast, which is Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge. I would like to tell you about a nonprofit that I use for my research for this podcast. It is called the NBLD Project, and I use their blog for my research. They are a nonprofit that is based in New York and is trying to get NVLD back on the DSM, and they provide many resources for people with NVLD on their website. I'll provide you with the website for them in the podcast description. All proceeds from the ads on this podcast will be donated towards the NVLD project. Please feel free to explore the other topics on the podcast, and hopefully you will learn something new from them. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. All right, so I'm Ever-Changing Butterfly, bringing to you living with an invisible learning challenge where we will discuss the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD. In today's podcast, I'm going to interview one of my graduate students, instructors I had in college. His name is Alex. We will discuss how he helped me in college by talking about the shortcuts he taught me or how he helped me graduate from college in my junior and senior years. So the first question was, um, what subject did you help me with? Yeah, so I was a teaching assistant for a class on sociological theory. So it was a year-long class uh, where students were, ex- you know, expected to read some really dense, uh, sometimes poorly written texts and put them in dialogue with each other, uh, and sort of keep track of all of that uh, over the course of the whole year. Yes, it was social theory, and your answer to the second one, which was how long you helped me. And what sort of strategy did you use when helping me with really difficult things in social theory? Well, I think, I mean, the most important thing was not something I did, but something you did, which is that you were really consistently coming to my office hours. Um, And I remember it was very, it was really interesting because uh, at the beginning of every Uh, you know, every semester I sort of ask students about their learning styles uh, and almost everyone says that they want more visuals. And unless I'm completely forgetting this, you said that you were an oral, like an oral learner, which I had never even heard before, but it was basically, you know, that you learn through talking things through and through hearing things. And so I think, you know, that was something I had to realize that, you know, office hours really needed to be about talking through the ideas um, but it was also something that, you know, I tried to incorporate into my teaching in general, bringing in things like like podcasts. And I think that was beneficial 
to everyone, but you were definitely the first person who said, you know, that was your preferred learning style. Uh, and so I tried to work with that, I would say. Yeah, you're remembering correctly, Alex. I am an oral learner and that's true with anybody who has an LD. They learn better with orally or auditorily because they can retain that better than uh, any visual memory. Uh, so that's why I mentioned that. And do you recall any uh, shortcuts that we used when you were uh, helping me? Um, well, I, I'm not entirely sure, you know, kind of what, what shortcut cut would mean specifically. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the goal of the class was really to try and wade through these really difficult texts and really just try and pull out the key ideas uh, and then put those ideas from different authors in dialogue with one another. And so I think the challenge for you was often pulling out those ideas, but once you had the kind of big picture, you know, you really were able to piece it together throughout the whole course, which I think a lot of students really kind of struggled with that, you know, they maybe got understood one text very quickly, but then if you ask them about it a month later, they didn't even sort of remember that we had read that author at all. Uh, and I recall that you had a much you know, better recall of just you know, who we had actually covered in the course, which was really helpful because the final exam was an oral exam about you know, the whole, you know, everyone we had talked about in the course. Yes, I do remember that. And I, I would agree with you that because I had a better recall with the oral uh, memory that I, was probably had a little bit of an advantage than some of the students with that. And like you said, getting the big picture was helpful because I know with people who have NLD, sometimes understanding the big picture can be difficult for them mm -hmm. because they tend to focus on the little small details of things more naturally. Yeah, I mean, I think I remember, I remember one time when it was just a particularly difficult reading and I remember you emailed me sort of multiple times as you were sort of struggling through this text and it was kind of like, I don't understand this sentence, I don't understand this sentence. And I think that in that case, we just had to kind of zoom out and say, it's not, you don't have to understand every single sentence actually, like you have to understand the big idea, the main idea. And afterwards, you know, I don't, it's not important if you if you remember every single sentence. And I think for you, that was really important is was sort of realizing that you were, even if you struggled with sort of the pieces of a reading, you know, you were going to be able to, to get the big idea eventually if we, you know, through class, through talking through it, through through getting through the reading. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I'm sure there were times when I would send you a message about a uh, specific reading that was difficult for me. Um, I may not recall one right now, but it's been, <laughs> it's been more than two years. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there was definitely times where it was difficult for me to uh, absorb the readings and having not just my mom but you to go 
for information about the readings was helpful. And um, so the next question I was thinking was maybe, and I think you maybe have already got at this, was if you had a memory that you were thinking that you were uh, really proud of me when I might have really got something that you were trying to teach me. Well, I think the moment I was proudest of you was, was actually the final oral exam, because I think that was the moment, you know, I think actually a lot of people who were graduating, they sort of peaked mid-semester, and by the end of the semester, they were just kind of done with it. Um, and I really felt like you throughout the year that, you know, by the end of the first semester, you were doing better than at the beginning of the first semester, and by the second semester, you're doing better than the first semester. And so really by that, you know, it was really cool to have you come in for the final and to see that you really had, you know, you had put all of those pieces together. Uh, and so you, you ended on such a positive note, I felt in that class. Thank you. I, I, I thought that was a, a good memory too, where I remember um, my visual that I used for the oral exam. I'm not sure if you remembered it, but I think it was a butterfly. Yes. And I'm not exactly sure how I had it structured, but I think I put a group of the authors in each uh, wing. And um, I think I maybe even put some in the middle. Um, yeah. And that was, it's kind of cool that I used a butterfly and now I'm talking about a podcast. I have a butterfly as the yeah. cover. <laughs> So um, maybe that's actually where we can fit in the um, author's names. Uh, so in, in terms of just talking about sort of your, your recall of them or a show, yeah. am I quizzing you about them now? Well, I was thinking we could do a little bit of both. I can tell you which ones I remember and then maybe you can try to get me to remember more. <laughs> sure. who, so who do you remember? So... I remember Karl Marx. Good start. I remember Frederick Engels mm -hmm. and uh, Antonio Gramsci. The professor would be very happy that you remembered that. <laughs> yes. And of course, I remember the professor's name, Michael Burroway, but that wasn't somebody we read. So, uh, and I remember, um, well, I wrote them down, so let me look at the list because that's my cheat sheet. Um, I also remember Foucault Michel, if I'm saying that correctly. Michel Foucault. Yes, Michel Foucault. Okay, flip flop them. <laughs> uh, and uh, Milo Nanopoulos was one I did a paper on individually, I think. Mm. Well, he was one, somebody who came to campus that year. Yes. Exactly. Um, and I think one of the other French ones, which was the feminist was, I don't know if this is her first name or last name, but I think it was Bordeaux, if I'm saying it correctly. Beauvoir. Beauvoir. De Beauvoir. Yes. I yes, I couldn't remember her first name, but I remembered her last name. Um, and then I remembered ex an expression that Michael would use often in class as Bob's your uncle. <laughs> it's true that it was, I think he really, 
he's probably the only person I, I encounter in my life that uses that phrase. <laughs> Same thing here. Um, so those were the ones I remembered on my own. Um, so I think I remember quite a few. I think that's over half. Um, we read oh. <laughs> uh, we read four authors the first semester. And okay. We read six. Um, so you know you're missing uh, you're missing two of the Marxists from the first semester. So in between uh, in between Marx and Gramsci, we had a Russian. I don't know if you remember. I did thinking there was a Russian. I was thinking it started with an L. Um, was it Lenin? On the right track. What? Was it Lenin? It was Lenin. You got okay. it. Yeah. Because I, I kept thinking there was a Russian because I was trying to look at like countries to jog my memory because I knew we did diff different countries. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and for the second semester, we had a French and a German author. French and German. Um, oh, that's just truffle. She's probably wanting to go down. Um, I think, oh, one of the German ones, or the German one was probably, oh, yes, Weber. That's right. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, because I know. Um, the W sounds more like a V in German. Um, and then you said French. Um, he was other... the one, he was the one that I think you had the toughest time reading. Um, he was the most convoluted, poorly written. I'm not sure if this one's French, but I'm thinking of Durkheim. They, you got it, Emil okay. Durkheim. I didn't remember if he was French or not, but okay. <laughs> See, you you did tweak my memory there. Well, now you're way more than half. <laughs> I know there were more feminists than just Simone. There uh, were. Weren't there two more? There were two more. Yeah, I thought there were three that I had on the butterfly. Um, for some reason, I thought there was one with a P, but. That's correct. Oh, okay. I think the reason is that you remember part of it. How am I, how does my mind do that? Um, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but for some reason I want to say Polly. Mm -mm. No, okay. No, I, I was going to say that's probably too simple. Um, I'm probably not going to remember it because I can't think of anything else than that, but that's okay. That's okay. Patricia Hill Collins. Uh, actually, I was going to say Pat, but I wasn't sure if I was going to be right. Um, On the right track. <laughs> um, let's see if I can think of the other one, because I got most of them. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of something that might jog my memory. Um, so there's one other one from the first semester. His name had two, two Fs. 
Oh, was he um, Asian? Mm-mm. No. Oh, Fanon. Yep. Fanon. Fan. Uh, uh, I don't know if I know how to say it, but I think it was F A T Z. Yeah, there was an R. France Fanon. France. France Fanon. Yeah. Close. <laughs> um i'm probably not gonna well let's see if i can think of the last feminist um, we only spent one day on her so hmm? we only had one reading with her yeah um okay well then that might be a slim chat i remember um this is fun though <laughs> um I don't think I'm gonna remember it, but I remembered most of them. <laughs> yeah, Catherine McKinnon. Okay. Well, this is it was fun thinking of them because, like I said to Trip you, memory lane. Yeah, going down memory lane, and um, people with that have NLD they tend to have a good memory for small details, and mine seems to be names. Interesting. Um, so that's why I was trying to do that uh, little exercise there. Um, but well, I, I think that's always the key as a as a teacher is figuring out where this you know where your students' strengths are. Right? Um, right. We're always trying to you know kind of correct things and fill gaps. But you know the way you do that is actually finding where the student is strongest. Right. I agree with you. And I th think I definitely remember what helped seemed to help me with you was you were always willing to ha have me record not just mm -hmm. the discussions, but also the office hours, which was really helpful because then I could go back on my own if I wanted to when I was reviewing for an exam or for an essay or something like that and that was helpful. I always wondered if you really listened to those recordings I think I did because I remember I would go back to them on my own maybe not everyone but some of them and see if I missed something or just to kind of refresh my memory um, mm -hmm. especially if I probably did that for the oral exam. So that was helpful. Um, so I know I don't think I really told you what learning challenge I had in college, but what I was thinking is if you knew what I had, would you have changed anything that you did to help me? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I think that, you know, we really, we, 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 you know, we receive these letters that say the student has an accommodation for a disability. Right. Um, and it tells you what the accommodation is, but it doesn't tell you, uh, you know, what the disability is. And I think that's mm -hmm. probably the way it should be that that's really up to the student. But I think it's true that, you know, there are some disabilities that people understand kind of instantly, like if you get a letter and it says, 
you know, the student needs to have a ramp to get into class. Like, you know, that they have sort of a mobility issue. Exactly. But I think like what we deal with now is a lot of kind of what we'd say invisible disabilities. Um, and yet the accommodations that people get are kind of always the same. It's always, you know, more time on exams, you know, extensions for things. Um, and I do wonder sometimes if that's, you know, kind of the right fit for people. Like, is, is that really precisely what people need? And so it is really important, at least with the system that we have, that students, you know, articulate what it is they really need and what, what their strengths are, like I said. Um, so, so I don't really know how much it would have changed to know specifically because you were pretty good at communicating what you needed, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I think I was good at communicating what I needed because I was learning more about what I had on my own. And because I was learning about it through the testing that I got, I think I was able to communicate more to you mm -hmm. and to my other teachers that I had what I needed. And I think because there's not so much information available on NLD because of how new it, it is that it probably would be difficult to um, give to get more help with that than say something like autism where there's more information on that. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely learned things just from your podcast. Yeah. That, that's the reason I made it. <laughs> um, but I would say definitely what we created you and I was definitely helpful for me. I mean, I, I know I still would have graduated, but I know it would have been trickier if I didn't have the accommodations and if I didn't have people like you or my mom or my other um, professors and uh, GSIs helped me as much as they did. And so. Well, I'm glad you feel like you were supported. Me too, because I know when I've uh, interviewed other people that they aren't as supportive as I was. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes me just feel more blessed for what the support I had. And um, like I said, if, if I didn't have all that support, it probably would have taken longer for me to graduate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because I went to a school like Berkeley, I think that level was one of the things that made it harder. Yeah, for sure. We have high expectations. Yes. And um, I think also something for me that made it easier was that um, just being able to talk to my teachers in person because mm -hmm of coming from a background where I was um, homeschooled up until college. Uh, it was very different where I could actually see my teachers in person and go to them and ask them for help as opposed to have, having to email them. Um, so that was a little different. 
and it must have been a big change too to go from homeschooling to you know being in a section with 20 students doing a discussion it it was different in that physical aspect where i was like okay i now actually have to physically walk to class <laughs> um i remember right the one of the first things i did was okay i'm gonna figure out how long it takes me to walk from my apartment to my class so i know i can get there on time mm -hmm. and i did that because you know even if i had berkeley time that extra 10 minutes i didn't want to be late <laughs> yeah well, your size appreciate that right and i didn't want to you know miss any information even if i was recording it mm -hmm. um so yeah like you said it it was a, a um you know a, I had to get used to that um, transformation and being able to that transition and being able to, uh, you know, have bigger classes. And instead of just me, it was either 20 students or like lecture halls, but sometimes 500 students. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I just, you know, wanted to do this interview because of wanting to provide a resource for other people who still might be in school and thinking that they might um, want to have tools for subjects that are challenging like sociology or have writing in them. So that's what I was thinking would be helpful with this one. Yeah. Well, I hope, is there anything else you want me to, to say? Um, not unless you thought of a, another question to add. Um, well, I wanted to add, like, what accommodations, you know, if you wrote your own letter, right, mm -hmm. rather than having the disabled students program write your letter, what would you put in that letter? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would think that, well, if it would be for specifically for someone who had NLD, I would definitely put in that they, um, I, I think I would include the commendations that they need like Berkeley does because that alerts the professor um, or, or the GSI, what, what they are going to be using in the class. Um, and then it lets them know uh, what, what they might be asking permission for. Um, but I think I might also try to see if there's a way to, um, I don't know, do some, this is where the research might come in for NLD of seeing if there's any uh, new accommodations that might be more helpful. Um, yeah. But I mean, the ones I had for oral were actually really helpful because they 
other than recording the um, classes, the other one I had, um, were able to um, record, um, well, I mean, not record, but convert textbooks to audio. Mm. And so that was another audio format where I could have available um, being able to listen to those and um, have that uh, audio in my memory. Mm. And that was uh, helpful. And then when doing that, I was able to uh, have that um, have for have that help for exams and being able to um, I, I also remember where I with that I could uh, make notes on that um, format so it was it had uh, multiple tools you could use them just audio mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to think what else I would put in the letter. Maybe, maybe a little note to the professor about, um, you know, trying to say like maybe how they learn a little bit better because I, I don't know if the student might be a little shy to say that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that is a good question of trying to figure out how you could customize that letter if you had the choice to. I'll keep thinking about that. Maybe you can talk about it in a future podcast. Yeah. That's a good question. I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you for letting me interview you. Sure. So I'll just... Whether you're working with a tutor, GSI, teacher, professor, parent, or by yourself, then you're able to have more help than you may only from yourself, since they would have more knowledge about the subject that they're helping you with. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for the podcast. It's called livingwithnld.com. I would like love to know what is the challenge you usually try or face when you are doing better with writing essays and shortcuts you have discovered when writing them. Please share to the level of comfortability that you have. If you are listening on Spotify, you can send me an email at livingwithnld at gmail.com. If you're listening on livingwithnld.com, comment on the episode on the podcast page. In conclusion, I would like to hear from my audience. If you know individuals with NLD that I could interview for this podcast, what are you interested in learning about NLD? I know I'm not an expert, but I do know I have the living experience of having it. I would like you to practice journaling about your gifts and differences and also see if there is a way that you can make that difference become easier for you to do than it originally was. I don't know if you are a new listener or not, but I would love to share with you where I get most of my articles for this podcast. 
I have recently learned about a nonprofit that I would really like to help. It's the NVLD project. In addition to doing research on NVLD and working to get it back on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that is the DSM, they provide support groups for those with NVLD. You can find the project at www.nvld.org. All proceeds will go towards the NVLD project. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.